1: A woman is charged with sexually assaulting a cable TV technician. Weight plates are used during a robbery and attempted murder charges filed. And the man accused of causing a crash and massive traffic jam on Interstate 95 earlier this month has been indicted. These stories and much, much more on Episode 17 of Crime Time for Friday, May 25th on FayObserver.com. Featuring Fayville Observer police and crime reporter Nancy McCleary. I'm Sonny Jones. On the podcast, we'll look at issues involving crime, courts, and public safety, highlighting stories in the news, and a reminder anyone we discuss who has been charged with a crime is presumed innocent until found guilty in a court of law. Let's get started, Nancy. It is a busy one today. Sexual assault, a serious issue, a serious crime. Rarely a week goes by that Nancy and other Observer reporters are not writing about a sexual assault in our area. A report recently, however, caught our attention. A Fayetteville woman was charged with sexually assaulting a cable TV technician.
0: That's right, Sonny. According to arrest warrants, a male cable TV technician was working inside the Marlboro Road home of Mildred Newsom. This happened on April 20th. Authorities say the technician was forced to engage in sexual activity with Newsom.
1: Now, Newsom has been charged with two counts of second-degree forced sex offense and one count of misdemeanor sexual battery. Uh, What are authorities telling you that happened in this case, Nancy?
0: Well, the man was waiting on a piece of equipment to be delivered, and he was sitting in a chair when Newsom took his hand and put it on her breast, the warrant said. Um, she then forced the man to engage in two sex acts. The man left the residence immediately afterward and notified his employer. Sergeant, S- Sergeant Sean Stripe of the Fayetteville Police Department said that Newsom told the man that if he reported the alleged assaults to law enforcement, she would deny his account and t- tell authorities that he was in fact the aggressor.
1: Well, obviously law enforcement uh, did not believe her. One of the points that comes out of this story is that, you know, men can be sexual assault victims too. We seldom read about it, seldom think about it, a very mm-hmm. high percentage of cases as the man as the aggressor, but not always.
0: Not always. Um this story apparently has caused quite a stir. I'm told it was on the Drudge Report linked under um leaked under um it's hashtag women do it too article. I had an email from a gentleman in Michigan who suggested I look into male nurses who were sexually assaulted or harassed by female supervisors.
1: So we may have some more stories in the future. Never know. Our next story, Richard Anthony Jones and Amanda Britt Jones, no relation by the way, both of Fayetteville have been arrested for allegedly conspiring with Woodrow Sidney Taylor of Parkton to break into a house and beating the occupant with weights, according to warrants in the Cumberland County Magistrate's Office.
0: Authorities say Taylor and Richard Jones went inside the residence of Rodney Barnes' of desmond drive between 10 and 11 p.m on tuesday may 22nd the men hit barnes in the head and upper body with a 35 pound weight plate and a five pound dumbbell weight
1: Mm, man that's 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 gotta hurt barnes needless to say suffered serious injuries although no details were available what about charges about the three alleged intruders nancy
0: Well, Amanda Jones has been charged with first-degree burglary and conspiracy, while Richard Jones and Woodrow Taylor also have been charged with those two charges, plus attempted first-degree murder and assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill inflicting serious injury.
1: And with those charges, if found guilty in court, it seems like they'll be waiting a while until they have a taste of freedom again on their plate. Yes, criminals are lawbreakers. Did you know that, Nancy? Oh no. Yeah, well, no. you know, I mean th- this is this is why we do this podcast, to, exactly. to get the word out on stuff like that. Hence the name That's for why committing I'm committing crimes. Gainfully
0: employed. Yes.
1: And and well, I don't know <laughs> if I want to say thankfully or not, but but whatever. <laughs> but anyway, hence the name for committing crimes. They're criminals. But sometimes you must give them some credit for ingenuity. You know, we've heard about it, uh, I mean some of these people that are involved in this type of stuff pretty smart when when if it just wasn't illegal
0: yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh,
1: anyway uh you, you, you may give them some credit uh, as you're booking them into jail our next story is such an example whoever came up with this idea put some thought into it
0: indeed they did two men were arrested in connection with an ongoing harnett county sheriff's office investigation into a multi-million dollar drug operation involving the trafficking and transportation of methamphetamine. I hate that word. Um, authorities discovered 120 gallons of liquid meth stored in the driver's side fuel tank of a semi-truck.
1: How do you like that? Raul Tapiti Areola from California, who was the driver, and Aquilio Perez Pineda from Georgia were taken into custody near London. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement has been contacted. So, hmm, what does one do with 120 gallons of liquid meth? Not that you have any experience with it, uh, but just saying. Uh, Let's ask Nancy.
0: Well, the Harnett County Sheriff's Office says that 120 gallons of liquid meth can be converted to about 454 kilograms of crystal meth. All right. On the street, 400 and 54 kilograms of crystal meth has a value of almost 91. That's $91 what? million. Dollars.
1: What? <laughs> $91
0: million? $91 million. Wow. Dollars.
1: wow. That's a chunk there. So in other words, if you want to take the risk, you can make money? Is, is, is that what we're saying?
0: And that's indeed. I suppose if you want to go that route. However... Um, Be advised that liquid meth is extremely volatile, hence the meth lab explosions. Those guys are really lucky that truck didn't blow up and
1: blow them to smithereens. That's right. And nobody wants to visit smithereens. (laughs) (laughs) No all right well you know on the subject of big money the the next story we'll t- talk about certainly does not come anywhere close to 91 million dollars I, I cannot get over that figure that it was uh that's what it would be but uh our story is a hefty chunk of change here tell us about it nancy
0: well william frank adams of parkton turned himself in to fayetteville police he was wanted for defrauding his employees, and other businesses out of more than $400,000.
1: That is a chunk of change. That's a chunk I mean, of change. I mean, it you know, pales compared to $91 million, but but Truly. still. Truly.
0: But um, Arrest warrants said that in September, Adams con- contracted with Express Employment Professionals in Fayetteville to provide workers for his business, Carolina Transitional Services, and I'm told it was some sort of a rehab or halfway house. Okay. Um, between September nineteenth and December fifteenth, Adams incurred a bill of four hundred forty two thousand seven hundred and forty one dollars. On three occasions, his payment was drawn on an account with a negative balance. Warren said he's also accused of hiring rightway safe and lock Inc in Fayetteville for services that totaled nine thousand two hundred and thirty six giving the owners bogus information to avoid paying his bill and last but not least adams allegedly forged a check for two thousand six hundred ninety three dollars and used the money to pay his fifty three employees now that alone resulted in a charge um called possessing more than five counterfeit checks and adding insult to injury adams is accused of paying workers with forged checks in the last half of december
1: that's uh, tough news for those workers and uh you know, I don't know if this is actually correct, but about $2,700 for 53 people, that's... Uh, I thought the same thing. Yeah, wow. <laughs> hmm. um, that's not good. We'll see how that case turns out. Well, you yeah, know, we're, we're on the topic of big money this week for some reason. Well, obviously. Uh, and, you know, we both wish we had some big money. But, uh, but anyway, at this story, the accused mastermind of a criminal gambling enterprise in Cumberland County has been sentenced to... 18 months in federal prison, according to a news release from the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of North Carolina. 50-year-old Keat Vo pleaded guilty earlier this year to one count of conspiracy to conduct an illegal gambling business.
0: Um, that's right. Vo surrendered to lawmen a day after the December, to, December 2015 raid of four businesses and the arrests of eight others, which included his wife. It was the culmination of a 16-month investigation by the Cumberland County Sheriff's Office, then led by Sheriff Moose Butler. Lawman said the Vaux organization had between eight and ten gambling machines in operation at five locations in Fayetteville. Investigators discovered that the weekly profits from the illegal gaming businesses were between $25,000 and $60,000. Wow. That's a chunk of change.
1: That We, we are on this chunk of change. You know, yes, under a we plea were. agreement, Vo agreed to forfeit property, including more than $200,000, located in Fayetteville Banks. His
0: wife, Fong Trong, pleaded guilty in February to the conspiracy and agreed to forfeit the same property as her husband, court documents said. She is scheduled for sentencing during the July 10th term of U.S. District Court.
1: And, uh, you know, for those of you listening at home, your homework is, uh, what, 60,000 times 52. That will give you the yearly total.
0: There you go.
1: You may remember this story from a couple of weeks ago. If you were traveling north on I-95 on the afternoon of May 5th, you really remember this story from a couple of weeks ago. The massive traffic jam that was caused by an accident and the ensuing incident Raymond Lee Bryant Jr. of Roseboro has been charged with carjacking, carrying and brandishing a firearm during and in relation to a carjacking possession with intent to distribute marijuana and possession of a firearm in furtherance, love those legal terms, of a drug trafficking crime, says the Office of the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of North Carolina. He could face a minimum of 55 years in prison. Now that's the legal mumbo-jumbo of what happened. Nancy, refresh our memory in in plain English, if you will, exactly what happened on I-95 earlier this month.
0: Well, on that day, May 5th, Bryant wrecked his Ford Ranger pickup truck that he was driving, and he was on Interstate 95. Um, I believe he was going north, but once he wrecked his truck, he got out of it carrying two uh, shotguns, I believe it was. He approached a tractor-trailer that was stopped on the highway, fired a shot at the cab of the truck, then... the the driver and passenger out of the cab. He got behind the wheel of the semi, put it in reverse, and jackknifed, blocking both northbound lanes.
1: And if that's not enough, there's more?
0: Oh, it was just getting started. (laughs) Bryant got out of that rig and tried to hijack a second truck, but he was unsuccessful. He then pointed a shotgun at two occupants in a Dodge Ram pickup truck they got out Good and move. yeah and bryant told them all he wanted was the truck so they said no problem and he drove away heading north a 70 mile chase ensued and he was finally caught near exit 149 in nash county which is the rocky mount area
1: wow what what a story yeah do you remember uh How long traffic was tied up or rerouted on I-95 North that day? Because I'm guessing the accident scene, you have that, and there's going to be traffic there with the I-95, and then it's also a crime scene.
0: Indeed, that's one good reason that I don't drive on I-95.
1: Hey, you're a poet and don't know it. (laughs) That you know, we could turn that into a bumper sticker. I'm sure the uh, Department of Transportation would <laughs> would appreciate both of us for coming up with that idea. There you go. What else you got on? Uh, not not on that case, but uh, the next case.
0: But uh, excuse me. This involves the sentencing of two men from Fayetteville who were charged and they were initially charged with three robberies that occurred in january of 2017 two of those being in fayetteville one being in hope mills two of them were at subways one in hope mills one in fayetteville and a pizza hut in fayetteville um they are accused of robbing these restaurants at gunpoint and in each incident the men either covered their faces or wore hoodies or one and one would wave a semi-automatic handgun. The employees were forced at gunpoint to lie on the ground and told to stay on the ground for 10 minutes after the two men left. Often, the two stole employees' phones. The men, Calvin Jamal Spearman and Dontrell Lamar Wright, were, in fact, indicted on charges of conspiring to commit A Hobbs Act robbery, which means interfering with business or commerce, and brandishing a firearm in furtherance of a crime of violence and aiding and abetting. Wright, this was, um, they were sentenced today in the U.S. federal court where Wright received a 19-year prison sentence, and Spearman was sentenced to 14 and a half years. This case, and I believe the um, I-95 hijack case, Mm Um those two I know, and I bl- maybe Voe. I'm not sure, but these are all part of the U.S. Attorney's Take, Back North Carol- Take North Carolina Back initiative in which federal prosecutors work with local law enforcement and district attorneys to help reduce violent crime, drug trafficking, and crimes against law enforcement for two primary reasons, one being the federal caseload is much lighter than the local's and federal prison terms are day for day.
1: So, not good news if you're the one who committed the crime. Nope. But, yeah, they, they are getting really serious about it. You've seen it uh, in the media quite a bit, and uh, the uh, attorney's office going around the state with press conferences. And f- from the stories we report on here on Crime Time the last few weeks, they, they are serious. They, they are they, serious. They mean it.
0: They are serious. I'll say that.
1: And, and I will say one thing about the Hobbs Act. Anytime time you... A crime is named after you. Right. That can't be good. Oh, <laughs> snap! <laughs> would that be true? I mean, uh, well, was gee, actually... I've been convicted of the mccleary Act. <laughs> I mean, that that would just be you well, know, that's a life sentence, the, isn't it? The
0: Homs Act was actually named um for a congressman. I think his name was something like okay. Sam Hobbes, well, But
1: yeah, but it, it, it.
0: I read that on Wikipedia, so I know well, it's it must true. be true. That's yes, <laughs> right
1: can't look good on a on a resume but you know one part of this we mentioned the the federal part of it working with local law enforcement uh just another story kind of leading into that nine people were arrested tuesday may 22nd in bladen county capping a three-month undercover drug operation involving involving multiple law enforcement agencies all nine of those arrested reportedly worked at smithfield foods and are accused of dealing in marijuana cocaine other controlled substances in the Tar Heel area, says the Bladen County Sheriff's Office. The uh, if you don't know, the Smithfield Foods hog processing plant is located just outside of Tar Heel. What I want to discuss, Nancy, in this case, is the number of agencies working together. You know, in the past, we've heard about quote unquote turf wars, if you will, right. among law enforcement agencies not sharing information, some agencies wanting to take credit, that type of thing. You've been covering the uh, the crime and police beats for a long, long time, in spite of still being and remaining. Only twenty-nine years old, I find that amazing. What has uh, been your experience in agencies willing to to work together? Has it changed and improved over the years?
0: Well, given that I um, have been doing this job since um, people were driving Flintstone cars,
1: um, <laughs> here, Dino,
0: I would I would have to say that I have observed through the years in different places where there has been some um, I don't want to call it hostility, but uh, there's been a turf war between, yeah. usually between a city police agency and a sheriff's office. And I have seen that time after time after time. Um, what I'm seeing now is that agencies are much more willing to work together. And I think part of that has to do with the increasing um, amount of violent crime that, that we are seeing. Um, and a lot of it goes back to drugs. People may think drugs you know that that's not a violent crime. But when you consider what is happening in so many things with um people being shot, break-ins, um, things like this, guns getting on the street because um, they've been stolen and maybe they get traded for drugs, I think there's much more um, much more willingness between all agencies, as we've seen with the federal um, agents. Um I think there's much more cooperation now and I think it's probably a great thing.
1: Do you, do you think that the technology has helped in that area also that the agencies working together and having the technology to immediately contact other sources where you know back in the Flintstones when when you first started you know it was uh, I guess uh, you sent a, a parakeet yeah, it, or
0: something. Yeah you you just launched a bird but truly the the technology has absolutely made it so much easier for um agencies to interact with each other um databases are now available that if you know that a wanted person is in bladen county then fayetteville can just you know run down there and uh, pick him up or get bladen to pick him up and bring him up as a matter of fact i noticed a laden county transport van outside the cumberland county detention center today so there's nobody um, i knew uh, no i hope not but um but it is it's a good thing it's a definite good thing
1: well it is good they they all they all need to be on the same team and and just just from the stories we report on it, it seems like you know they they are on the same team and that's certainly something you need well let's check the crime blotter Theodore Lee Jr. has been charged with first-degree murder in the May 1st shooting death of Winford Alfonso Worthy. We mentioned this story last week. Worthy was shot multiple times in front of his residence on Mont Drive and Spring Lake in the afternoon. Now, last week, we told you that Joseph Devon Murkison of Fayetteville had been arrested in the case, and police were looking for the second person. That was Lee. He was found in the Wayne County Detention Center in Goldsboro on an unrelated charge for attempted first-degree murder.
0: Also, the fourth person accused in the murder of Calvin Blackshire Jr. has been arrested thanks to a Crime Stoppers tip. Iona Deja Shamika Thomas of Fayetteville was found in Horry County, South Carolina. She is charged with first degree murder and robbery with a dangerous weapon. The shooting happened in January 2017 outside a motel on Cedar Creek Road. Police say Blackshire was robbed of his phone and his Air Jordan tennis shoes. I think what's made it really um, a memorable event is that an onlooker used a cell phone to live stream Blackshire for 10 minutes as he was dying instead of using his phone to call for help. That person was not a suspect in the case.
1: No, that person wasn't. But it, it, it's hard to fathom that you wouldn't look back on that after the fact and think, "Man, you know, maybe if I'd have called, things maybe could have if been I'd have had a conscience." Yeah, but <laughs> that's not the way it turned out. No. Well, we've talked about video games earlier in this edition of Crime Time, um, and there. Continue to be in the news. Warrants were issued for four people accused of operating illegal gambling machines at three locations in Hope County. Deputies seized 241 gaming machines April 9th, including 178 from Club Pond Skills Internet Cafe, according to Hope County Sheriff Hubert Peterkin, Michael Wayne Hemming of Rayford, and Fable residents Jorge Santiago Perez Jr., Lashonda Valicia Simons, and Ho Hung Sung have been charged.
0: Also, Timothy Carl Givens Jr. of Fayetteville was wanted for robbing the Crestcom Bank in Hope Mills. He was found earlier this week in New York State, according to Hope Mills Police. Givens is accused of robbing the bank on North Main Street at gunpoint on May 14th. Some anonymous tips helped authorities track him down in Greenburg, New York, located along the Hudson River. He is expected to be extradited to North Carolina at a later date.
1: I, tell you, I think all law enforcement will tell you, Nancy, that the, these anonymous tips, they are so they, helpful they, in they are. solving this, And that's and,
0: and Crime Stoppers Crime is a Stoppers. wonderful thing. A yes. big shout out to, to ah. the Crime Stoppers people.
1: <laughs> I will say one thing. I will give uh, Mr. Givens credit for uh, being found in New York. Uh, if, if I robbed a bank or yeah. shot someone or something like that. You see so many times they'll arrest the person, you know, like two blocks from right. where they were living. And I'm thinking, there was a case one time, I I recall this guy tried to, or he did rob a bank and got away. And he was found a couple of weeks later in Los Angeles. So, oh, wow. you know, if you're going to leave, the, the problem was he was using his cell phone some as he drove across the country. And so the authorities were just, Oh, okay, there he is. And then when he finally seemed to have settled in, yep. uh, they contacted the Los Angeles Police Department and uh, picked him up. Ain't technology great? It is, it is. I bet, You know, the, uh police friend of mine told me if he hadn't been using his cell phone going across the country where where they could track it, they really don't know if, uh, when they would have found him. But, but anyway. You,
0: you credit them with some of these people having ingenuity, well, but...
1: Others others yeah, I miss fifty fifty. Yeah. All right. Well Nancy, that's it for episode seventeen of Crime Time for Friday, May twenty fifth. It was a good one today. I enjoyed it. We welcome your comments and suggestions for Crime Time.
0: And you can reach me, Nancy McCleary, by email at N That's N M C C two C's l-e-a-r-y at fayobserver.com or on twitter at f-o underscore mccleary
1: and you can reach me sonny jones by email at s jones at fayobserver.com or on twitter at f-o sonny jones we'd love to hear from you again nancy thank you for your time and thank you so much for listening hope you'll tune in next time for the next edition of crime time